Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What up, y'all? Welcome back to the DNVR Draft Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download it today. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up. I'm Justin Michael. I am joined by Andre Simone and Jake Schwanitz. We have a ton to go over. We have the New Year's Six Bowls. We have the college football semifinals. In my opinion, the best uh, best weekend of semifinals that we've ever had, just in terms of excitement. Both games were epic. We'll talk about a mock draft. We'll talk about Jim Harbaugh. We'll talk about the portal. It's on. There's all kinds of stuff to dive into. First things first, Jake, how you doing, my man? Are you feeling better than you're looking? I think you need some coffee. <laughs> I need some coffee. I need some sleep. Um, and I need a break from my football teams causing me pain. All-time weekend. Fair enough. Like, what a turnaround that was. We just thought... It was all Michigan, and then the Buckeyes almost pulled it off. Um, and yeah, no argument on best, like most entertaining national semis in the playoff era. Biggest upset, too, right? Yeah, I don't even think that's even close. Like, there really have not been I, Ohio State, I guess, back in 2014. Yep. Yeah. Um, but other than that, there just have not been very many dramatic upsets. It's been a lot of chalk. I think this was great for the product. I think Ohio State beat damn near beating Georgia. I mean, was arguably close to as big of a upset if they pull it, but great point. Georgia still finding a way to win when they play their worst game of the season is just a testament to what that program is right now. Yeah. They have surpassed Alabama and Ohio State, in my opinion. They are the premier program in college football, not to say that those other two are slouches by any means. I just think from a week-to-week basis, their talent, their depth, I, I I don't know how you beat a team like them unless they find a way to beat themselves, and even when they play poorly, they still might steal it from you. Yeah, man. Um, it was a valiant effort uh, by Stetson Bennett. He is a dog in the truest sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, I, the dogs. Um, uh, CJ Stroud was so impressive to me, though. I think that was my biggest uh, takeaway from agreed. that game. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, we were dying for him to show more, um, some more stuff mobility wise, extending plays outside the pocket. And he delivered in spades. Um, probably, honestly, my takeaway from the whole weekend was just how he, how well he played. And while I agree with what Justin's saying about like Georgia establishing themselves as the 
premier, like the top dog, pun intended, in the country now. Um, like Ohio State, I, I don't know that the best team won that game. And honestly, if Marvin Harrison Jr., yeah, I, I said that right. Oh, Jesus. Christ. If I can't start getting the juniors from the guys that I was watching as a child, right? Holy shit, we're in big trouble. Um, I think if he's healthy or is just able to finish out that game, I think Ohio State brings it home. Also, I mean, not not to mention they like miss on a last second field goal. Um, and and just like they maybe got just a smidge too conservative once they got into field goal range with Scrutum. I also wonder like what would Jackson Smith and Jigba at 80% have done for that depth in that game to close it out. They just ended up having not enough. Um, and I love your point about CJ Strout. It hurts because as of now, that would be a guy that the Broncos original first round pick would be like right in line to get. And yet are emptying our accounts on Bryce Young first overall pick um bet on DraftKings that was a smart bet because we got in at at the right time because those odds have only shortened for Bryce Young who himself has an outstanding bull historic right Jeez. uh record breaking oh five tuds and I told you guys that they're playing the big boys they're they're gonna play this like it matters and they cover that spread easy peasy I like that segue there because we're we're gonna talk more about these semifinal games because they were epic. But I did want to start just real quick epic. with the whole Bryce Young versus CJ Stroud conversation. The latest mock by ESPN plus uh, Jordan Reed has Bryce Young going number one to Houston, has CJ Stroud going number five to Indianapolis. Uh, mm-hmm. Overall, four quarterbacks go in the top ten in this one. Will Levis goes seventh to Vegas. Anthony Richardson. Goes nine to Carolina and then no more quarterbacks. Uh, just a couple more real quick and then I'll let you guys give your thoughts. Peter Skronsky, offensive tackle one at 10. Quentin Johnston, wide receiver one at 12. <sighs> and Joey Porter, cornerback one, or Joey Porter Jr., excuse me, cornerback one at number 14. The Broncos end up with Tennessee tackle Darnell Wright, who I have seen kind of Mm-hmm. rising up a lot of boards. Um, I I don't think that would be shocking. Maybe a month ago would have, but he is definitely rising. What are your guys' thoughts on this? Do you still feel confident in that bet at Bryce Young going number one? I still feel pretty good, particularly after what he did in this Kansas State performance. He's just so smooth and composed. Like CJ is, is a tremendous quarterback. When you give him time, when you give him a clean pocket, he can pick you apart downfield. I'm not sure there's anybody other than maybe Caleb Williams. I think you could make the argument for when the when the play breaks down and you need to create something out of nothing. It's like the game slows down for Bryce Young, and he just always seems to find the right guy. Contact balance. You don't totally talk about it with quarterbacks. He has a certain balance, mobility, just presence in the pocket ability to maneuver um, and then get it out quick and like keep his eyes downfield. That is very, very unique. Now it's that Bama quarterback thing. Um, it, you know, it, tank for Tua that, that then we saw him on an NFL field and it felt like, ah, he's not quite that, that guy you tank for uh, Mac Jones. We were all hyped after the rookie season. Now it's like, huh, what's going on? Um, 
you know, like in that context, it's easier. You you look better than you typically do, but he's kind of been the chosen one, man. And uh, he hasn't faltered once. And he's just got a crazy poise and ability to read things. And between the NFL rules and the fact that he just doesn't take a lot of clean hits, I think he's that rare case of a guy who's going to survive at that size and be a real like playmaker, be a real factor in the NFL. I do wonder what his ceiling ultimately is because that raw, the raw tools are only so like this isn't Josh Allen, you know, like it's not Josh Allen size, it's not Josh Allen arm strength. Like landing in Houston has never done any quarterback any favors either, just for the record. Yeah, good point. Bryce Young is, he's special, man. From the first time I really like got to see him, it was different than what you're used to seeing in college football. And that touchdown throw, the touch he had, just the deep ball? 45. Yeah, yeah. What in the world, man? It's like witchcraft watching him sometimes. The perfect spot, though. It's like throwing in the trash can and just yeah. drop it in a bucket and let him run under it. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, and like Dre said, the ability to escape. Um, that's why I had him over CJ Stroud for so long. I feel yeah. like he just offered me that little bit more, even though Stroud maybe has uh, a better arm uh, when it's all said and done and has the size, obviously. Mm-hmm. CJ Stroud made the conversation closer, um, but I'm I'm not changing my mind. I've actually been set for a long time at Bryce over CJ. Yeah, and I think NFL teams are really going to eat up that he played as well. Sorry, Dre, I didn't mean to, to interrupt you there. No, no, not I at mean, all. When you read the quotes and stuff and him just talking about wanting to go out the right way and what this team means to him and ending on a high note and just yeah. like that he felt that he owed it to his team and his teammates, like coaches and GMs, they eat all that crap up and he gives the right answers. He has everything on film. I don't know. It's just one of those, can you get over his size? And, you know, we mentioned Tua, Tua's health situation the last couple of years that, I mean, it's it's at least something to consider. Bryce is tiny, tiny. And I, I love the guy to death. I would take him at one. But he's slight. Like, he would be an anomaly in terms of oh, yeah. lasting in this league. Yeah, and I mean, you think of Kyler and some of the issues he's had. Obviously, it's not all size-related, but, you know, it's... It's back to my same old margins uh, speech, which I'm I'm not going to lay out in full as always. But you know, it's just like your your margins are tighter. That's that's it. It's why like Tom Brady can survive longer than like Drew Brees. Like that's that's just margins for you kids. Um, so it's uh it's <laughs> it's going to be really interesting because I think if if the size wasn't there. I think we are talking about Bryce Young as that generational talent. Like if he was just like average size, we wouldn't be drooling over Caleb Williams as much. And we'd be like, dude, Bryce might just be like that dude that competes with Burrow and Mahomes and Allen for the next decade, you know? Um, And then back to the Darnell Wright pick. He's a guy we highlighted after that Bama game, right tackle, arguably the best right tackle in the draft, a guy whose tape against Will Anderson is as good as any. Obviously, that Tennessee offense is going to be a very unique eval um, when you get to run blocking and like, uh, how are you getting out of your stance? Um, And just like seeing these recent mock drafts, I saw CBS one that had Paris Johnson Jr. drop into the Broncos. But aside from something like that, uh, B. John Robinson, um, 
you know, Jalen Hyatt, some someone that kind of feels like, oh, wow, that was really good value that dropped you, Keishon Bowdy. And I'm really highlighting corners, O-line, um, uh, some wide receivers, some edge. I think it's primed for them to trade back. Um, and, and seeing C.J. Stroud in the national semi definitely makes all this sting a little more. It's the sting isn't over, bro. The sting's not yeah. over, I promise. Yeah. Um, with this pick, though, you finally fix a right, or you hope that you finally fix a right tackle position that's plagued the team since, I don't know, 2014, 2015. Uh, yeah. It's been forever. Louis Vasquez, um, probably, just, right? Right. Um, just going back to this mock, though, I love this Houston Hall. Bryce Young and Quentin Johnston. Holy yeah. cow, man. That Stupid. is. That's A++ right there. Um, looking through it, too, I felt like the wide receiver run from 22 to 24 is interesting, just that order of them. Uh, Jordan Addison, then Jackson Smith and Jigba, then Jalen Hyatt. Um, I don't know if that's how it's going to play out when it's all said and done. This wide receiver class is going to be really interesting. And I might be one of those where medicals and 40s weigh heavier than usual. To me, though, Johnston just week after week after week after week has separated himself as the top guy. To me, he's way closer to a top five pick than he is a top 12 pick. Um, and I mean, once again, he made a game breaking play in, in that one. And I mean, we could get into the quarterback some because I, I thought Duggan wasn't super impressive, but. He did he did his classic thing and got the W. Um JJ McCarthy is going to be such an interesting eval next year. Um I get so many different vibes from him. Sometimes he reminds me of Fields, sometimes he reminds me of Mariota back at Oregon. Um and then Stenson Bennett, like shit, if he wasn't 24, God, I'd be all over him. And, and McIntosh is a beast. Like we, we haven't talked about him yeah. enough. And Munkin, how's Munkin still the OC at Georgia? Like, this feels very much like Venable stayed at Clemson for like a decade. It was like, how's this happening? Um, like, that dude just, what a second half he called. I keep talking about the Georgia offense to me is the real impressive part. Um, I could get into how highest Bauer is going to be drafted next year, like highest tight end ever drafted. Jesus, there's so much to impact still, guys. <laughs> This is just, it's, it was a crazy fun New Year's Six and college football playoff in terms of the guys that you needed to evaluate showing out. Like the quarterbacks balled out, the receivers balled out. We got to see some of the defensive talent show up. I mean, it was just, oh, man. it was kind of a college football fan's dream. Um, I guess we can just kind of just transition into some of these games here because it's kind of the, the natural line. We'd already just talked about Bryce Young. There's not a ton to say, I think, with that Sugar Bowl, Alabama kick their ass. Um, I will say that Deuce Vaughn made a really strong impression, 22 carries mm -hmm. for 133 yards. That's obviously skewed by an 88-yard run, but averaging six yards per carry in that scenario, I think, is big for him and his draft stock. Jameer Gibbs had 142 total yards, 76 uh, rushing, 66 receiving, showed his versatility. And then the Bama defensive backs, Brian Branch, I think, is definitely going to be a first-rounder now. Mm. Uh, Jordan Battle had a really good game. Both those guys had picks. Yeah. And then DeMarco Hellams had like 13 or 14 tackles. So I, 
I thought it was a nice day for what was kind of a challenging year for this Bama secondary. They were kind of hit hit or miss. Mm-hmm. But I, I th- thought all things considered, they they really showed out and made it hard on Johnson and that K-State offense, which can be pretty explosive. Yeah, for sure. Alabama showed out. That was the message they were going to send, or they wanted to send, and they did. Um, honestly, all of what you just said, Justin, just gets me hyped for CU because Charles Kelly is coming over as the D.C. And, man, if he can coach up some of these defensive backs, watch mm-hmm. out. That's such a great hire, by the way. I, I don't know why it's he didn't get like an SEC DC gig or something like that, but but that's a big time addition for Prime. Yeah, for sure, massive. Anything you want to add to that K State Bama game, Dre? No, not really. Um, you know, I, I I think we said it all. I don't I don't want to be redundant here, and I I don't have a ton on the other ones either. The other New York Six, you know, USC that was wild. It was wild. Utah's just ruined the reputation for the Pac-12 the entire season. Um, like, if Utah didn't exist, the Pac-12 has such a different year. Um, it's <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm I I was mesmerized by TCU's front. That to me didn't make sense. It's a true freshman at nose. It is a senior transfer from New Mexico and yeah. um a redshirt senior and that 335 got the job done like it it breaks my brain to even think about it sometimes that was the difference right we that was the difference into that matchup saying you know can TCU compete in the trenches with this Michigan team. You knew they had speed in the secondary. You knew those receivers were next level. You knew Duggan was a great athlete. But could they hold up? Could they hold up on both sides in the trenches? They didn't just hold up. They punched Michigan in the teeth on both sides of the ball. The pass rush was able to get after JJ. They were able to run the ball at times. It didn't seem like Michigan was prepared for Duggan to run around as much as he did, and I don't understand that because if you've watched TCU at all this year, that's what he does. Of course, it was a weird, a weird game. I'm I'm still really high on Jim Harbaugh. He's still my top guy for the Broncos if they have that opportunity. But some of the the play calling, I mean, Philly special made no sense on fourth down. I, it was it was just an odd, odd game for Michigan. And it's yeah. I know Jake's sick over it, but to get down, you know, to the one and two yard line and not come away with points twice is just gut wrenching and a six point loss. 13 tackles for a loss, man. Insane what TCU did. And before I hand the ball over to you, Jake, that D-line's performance is what really gives me hope for local college football because that's the hardest thing in the transfer is getting getting the trenches to turn around quickly. Look no further than the Horn Frogs. First ever Big 12 or Texas school to make it to the Natty in the playoff era. Woo! Mind blown. Mind blown. Um, a few things to go back to there. Yeah, they got dominated in the trenches, Michigan did. And Dylan Horton, as you said, Dre, what a game. Four sacks. Yeah. Um, and then just what he's built this season. He's up to 14 tackles for a loss, 10 and a half sacks. Uh, he's going to be on draft boards. And then back to what Justin said, I mean, Michigan lost this game, dude. They got outcoached. They outthought themselves. They were getting too cute when they had to. Um, 
And then just something huge that I talked about last week going into this game is it was kind of put up or shut up for JJ McCarthy. And he wasn't ready, man. Those two pick sixes were they, they changed the game. Michigan wins the game. If they don't have one of those pick sixes that happens. Um, and yeah, he was making plays, but man, it was rough at times for JJ. The yards are there. If you look at the stats, it's fine, but he was easily the worst quarterback of the four in the playoffs. Um, and then I just wonder how this game would have gone if Blake Corn was healthy. Dylan Edwards, I mean, he had the big run to start off with, um, but they really struggled to kind of get him going after that. And he's just not that type of back, man. He's a, a speedy guy. I mean, he's still playing with a broken hand out there. I just really wonder if they had Blake Corum's just ability to run the ball in between the tackles with toughness and contact balance, if they would have been able to just, you know, keep some more drives going, just uh-huh. have a little bit more momentum with Blake Corum. Um, it was a heartbreaker. They got punched in the mouth and kind of got shook. And to their credit, they kept coming back because for many stretches in this game, it kind of felt like it was going to just be an end-to-end blowout for the Horn Frogs. And then, and then it really felt like, oh, shit, are they blowing this? And somehow they sustained. It was really well. That third quarter was amazing. Incredible. Like, what, what a great showcase for the sport. What a great show. 44 points in that third quarter. Yeah, that was spectacular. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, Jake, what are your thoughts on the Jim Harbaugh statement of words which really don't say anything? I mean, we don't know what the future holds, but he enthusiastically expects to be coaching Michigan in 2023, just like I enthusiastically expect to start my <laughs> diet any day now. Um, you just said yourself, Michigan got out coached in that game as a Michigan guy. What are your thoughts on Harbaugh? It seems like the writing on the wall is he wants an NFL gig. How does that make you feel? Has he reached his ceiling with Michigan? I mean, I I don't know. There's a lot of things to factor in there. It's tough to say and reaching the CFP two years in a row is a pretty damn high ceiling. Even if you lose both games, um, but the statement itself was oddly timed just because the allegations officially kind of came out after that. Um, but yeah. then I Nobody think back to last about year's stuff anymore, by the way, I, I saw know. like a lot of NFL reporters being like, Oh, this is Michigan's yeah. like, we don't give a shit. We we beat yeah. Ohio state the last <laughs> two years. Yeah. Keep cheating, please. Worth it for sure. Um, just going back to last year though, he didn't put out a statement like this, this early. Um, so I don't know what that means. He went and did the whole circuit interview with Minnesota, and then he decided he was coming back. Now he puts out this statement pretty early after, uh, the loss of their last game. I don't know. I mean, I think you can read into it both sides, um, because he obviously didn't do this last year, but then he, uh, may have had some other things on his mind too, going into that college football playoff game because, uh, he was trying to get too cute for sure. Yeah. Carolina going going after him too. And uh Ryan mentioning, did he John Fox Michigan, you know, where his mind was already somewhere else? Um uh, reminiscent of Super Bowl 48. Uh who knows? Who knows? Um yeah, let's let's actually get to the other anything else on the other semi on the other side. Okay, yeah. Real quick, then we got to shout out the homies 
DraftKings Sportsbook, the fans, the tradition, the glory. There's nothing more thrilling than college football. It's bowl season. The action is far from over. My go-to betting is, of course, with DraftKings Sportsbook. Why would you go anywhere else? Right now, new customers can place a $5 pregame money line bet on the national championship. Get $150 in free bets if they do. You don't even have to get the spread right. Georgia is a double-digit dog. Historically, that means blowout. We'll see. We put a lot of respect on TCU's name. All you need is to get that right winner, though. $5 and you get $100 or $150 in free bets if you hit that. You can also combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with DraftKings Same Game Parlay. I, I, I'm I not going to lie. I took a couple of tough losses on SPs in both semi-games. Um, didn't think that Ohio State had it in the trenches. Didn't think TCU yeah. had it in the trenches. I was wrong both cases. That's part of the game. You win some, you lose some. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code DNR. New customers can place a $5 pregame money line bet on a college football team to win and get $150 when your team does. That code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Also, shout out to Denver Health Medical, where it's open enrollment time for individual health plans through January 15th. They offer exchange plans available on the Connect for Health marketplace with great benefits and affordable plan choices. You can also call direct at 303-602-4912 and sign up online at denverhealthmediaplan.org. Their Elevate Exchange plans have options for individuals and families looking for cost-effective quality health insurance. This year, they've also added a new virtual mental health option called Elevate Mind. It's available 247 at the cost of a normal copay. Great for those who need a convenient resource for mental health. Open enrollment, as I mentioned, exchange runs through January 15th. Call today at 303-602-4912 or visit www.denverhealthmedicalplan.org today. Nailed it. Um, let's talk about the Peach Bowl, Georgia, Ohio State. I agree with Dre. There's just not a ton to say about those other New Year's Six Bowls other than, thank God Clemson did not make the playoff. Um, yeah. USC is never going to win anything until Lincoln Riley gets a defense that decides they want to tackle. Yeah, I'm just going to throw out these numbers real quick. USC had the ball for 39 minutes and 49 seconds. They converted on 11 of 15 third down attempts, both fourth down attempts. They totaled just under 600 yards of total offense, and they lost. That shouldn't happen. That shouldn't be possible. Mm-mm. Their defense was that. so bad. He's got to move on from Alex Grinch, man. I, I mean, at what point is enough enough? Get yourself a solid defense. Get yourself a new coordinator. Figure it out, man. I mean, you have everything else. Odyssey on BC and football. Rush, 13 per catch. Yeah. <laughs> is he <laughs> he should. Uh, the cards should hire him. Just uh, keep getting guys oh, who man. fail upwards <laughs> from the college ranks. Um, yeah, insane. I mean, well said, just pathetic. Brendan Rice going off though. That was kind of crazy. Yeah. No. no Jordan Addison, and they'd have all these goddamn weapons, and they get Dorian Singer next year. It's insane. Yeah, it's kind of unfair, but they do need to figure out the defense, or they're just gonna be a joke. Or there'll be a nine ten team win every year, but you're never going to win anything that matters because yeah. they just like you're you're not going to win the Utah type games. You're not going to win the playoff games. You just if you can get punched in the mouth like that, Tulane they knew it. Like they're they're running the ball, they're laughing. Spears had oh, four early. touchdowns. Tremendous game for him. I mean, 
they go down and they never even hesitated. They didn't stop running the football. They're like, it's fine. We'll move the ball. They had, you know, an early turnover. I don't know. I, I shout out to Tulane putting on for G5. You love to see it. And, um, I, I like to be right. I think we were on that USC defense early. They had a lot of athletes. They created turnovers, but they were soft as Charmin and Tulane punched them in the teeth. George, Ohio State, though, we've already raved about C.J. Stroud. He was awesome in this. As Dre mentioned, Marvin Harrison Jr. I think Ohio State wins if he doesn't go down. He looked uncoverable. Like mm-hmm. He looked as good as any receiver we've seen this year. Yeah. Bowers, Marvin Harrison Jr., Caleb Williams, McCarthy. It's, it's going to be some nice skill position players for the 2024 draft, man. Um, yeah, he's insane. He's an absolute beast. And how about, you know, maybe maybe all this stuff I've been harping on of like the culture change from Urban to Ryan Day, maybe it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. You know, like maybe the culture Ryan Day's established is just fine and playing some Big 12 football in the Big 10 is going to work out because they were they were right there with Georgia. And I, I truly believe a healthy receiving core and they probably win it which is interesting because last year a healthy receiving core for bama we were saying would have made a big difference as well um i so. still think bama beats georgia if they have Jamison williams and mechie right mechie goes yeah. down very yeah. early mechie went game. down in game yeah. yeah i mean they're starting a tight end and i think a fullback at wide receiver by the end of that game ohio state is like that's how bad that was and i mean you're talking about Smith and Jigba and Harrison, I mean, you those are the those are the like the best guys of back-to-back classes, basically. Um, so it's th- those are massive losses, absolutely massive losses. That being said, though, Emeka Egbuka was the leading receiver for Ohio State. He's a yeah. sophomore. They yeah. got another one. Brian yeah. Hartline. I mean, we talked about Charles Kelly. Brian Hartline is up there as one of the top recruiters and developers in the country, also. Mm, great point. It's a never-ending cycle of future number one receivers. It's, it's got to be. It's one of those, and I, I think Ryan Rosillo makes this point a lot. It's like it's hard to feel bad for Ohio State in those situations because they're exactly. just so loaded. Or Bama. I mean, you could make the same argument, but right. it, it obviously made a big impact in that game. Shout out to Stetson Bennett. I thought he looked kind of rattled early, like yes, for the first time. I thought he looked kind of sh- shook, and then they come out. It helps when the DB falls down and you can get like an 80-yard touchdown to your track star where he runs in untouched. But still, I mean, time in and time out, this guy makes the throw when they need them to. He's not the the sexiest quarterback out there. He doesn't have the biggest plus traits in the world. He goes out and he runs that system perfectly. As you mentioned, Munkin just called such a tremendous second half. They're like one of the only teams that when they go down, they're like, all right, I guess we'll just go back to running the football. That's great. And they just run it down your throat. They're amazing. Yeah, I love that offense. And they kind of lost the two tight end sets, right? Like they've had some injuries dealing yeah, with Washington that in went this down. one. So Bowers was maybe slightly less of a factor, but then makes like the play of the game. Um, that is, yeah, it's... uh. And it's going to be really interesting come the NFL. I'm usually never high on these guys, um, but he's a smidge different. He's got something. Look at, look at Kenny Pickett, man. 
Kenny Pickett was an older guy who came in and yeah. we were like, yeah, I mean, the age is something that we hate, but everything else we kind of like. And now he's kind of turning it on for uh, Pittsburgh. Purdy, an older guy, too. Yeah. Um, which, speaking of which, real quick, who would you guys give Offensive Rookie of the Year to? Right now, the favorite, just slightly. And then we'll move on to this natty preview. Um, is K9 with Garrett Wilson at plus 210, Brock Purdy plus 450, Kenny Pickett plus 1800. And then it's like Watson, Olaf, blah, blah, blah. I give it to Pickett if San Francisco runs the table. They close that undefeated. I think he gets it because when you look at the stats for Wilson. Purdy? No. Yes, thank you. Sorry. Oh, 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 oh. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. That um, makes more sense. I agree. Yes, sorry. Um, goodness, total brain fart. But yeah, I think it's him. Just when you look at no rookie quarterback since, what, like Roethlisberger has had this type yep. of run. Yeah. Um, he's just been so composed week in and week out. You just... I keep waiting for the the pumpkin to turn or the carriage to turn back into a pumpkin. And I don't know. In the Shanahan system, I think it just works. Those other guys are just having like good years, thousand yard rushing year, a thousand yard receiving year. But when they don't wow you, it's this shout out to my guy, Ryan Stonehouse, though, about to break an 82 yard record, not even in the conversation, but sad. Okay. Um, I would go Garrett Wilson, I think. Um, but the case for Purdy is it's very intriguing. I just don't know if you can give it to a guy who's only going to end up playing what five or six games. That's, that's hard. Um, and when you look at Garrett Wilson's situation, I mean, he had Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, uh, Mike White, Chris Streveler throwing him the ball and he's putting up in a thousand yard season. I guess you could say the same thing about Olave too, though. I mean, they haven't really had a solid quarterback position and um, haven't been great offensively, and he has been. Um, it's it's a it really interesting Hall race. Down. Yeah, yeah. Brees Hall looked like a lock. Um, and how different does that offense look, you know? Also, Sauce Gardner right. seems to be the lock on the defensive yeah. side, so that would have been a... a Jets double, as they as they call that in, uh, in world football. Um, okay. Cool. I'm good. Thank you. I think there's value on Purdy in this last week. Is all I think there is too. That's that's just where I would put my money. Like the other guys, I think it, I, I don't know. I, I yeah. think that's where the value is. Let's talk about sure. this natty though. And um, do you trust Georgia's secondary against these TCU receivers? It's gonna be a hell of a matchup. It's gonna be a hell of a matchup. It's. Is it the wide receivers or is it the quarterback, though? You know, to me, is well, can Duggan kind of make combo. enough throws? Can they give him time? And, yeah. yeah. Can Duggan make enough throws? And, I mean, their team speed TCUs really shined against Michigan. Is it going to be able to shine against Georgia, who might be that one team who can match up? I'm not sure. Yeah, it's all about the trenches again. If TCU uh, can man up and take it to them, uh, anything's possible for sure. But, man, we're talking about the Georgia Bulldogs here with Jalen Carter, who's a top-five pick, and they've got dogs behind him. Um, if they can protect and allow Max Duggan to kind of just run around and make some plays, and I'm all in on TCU. I'm just wary, though, man, because – even Michigan's case, they went into this game against Georgia last year and everyone was like, well, you know, if they can run the ball, if they can hold up in the trenches, 
didn't matter. It was a complete ass whooping. Um, Georgia's just in a different class than everyone else. So I worry about that. The history is not in TCU's favor. These double-digit spreads when you look at national championship games or Super Bowls even, like it, it tends to be a blowout. Yeah. I don't know. I, I have a hard time dismissing TCU after what we just saw from of them course. do this past week in the trenches, and I want to be respectful. I certainly think that they're capable of it. I just, I also think that Georgia played its worst game probably in the last three years, maybe even like mm. four or five in, in terms of the big moment like type performances, and they still won. I, it, I don't know. I just, I feel like they're going to, we're going to see the real Georgia. You give them 10 days, you know, to scheme up some shit for a team. I just I have so much respect for Kirby. I, I can't go against him. So I, I do think Georgia is going to cover. I, I'm kind of worried it's going to be a blowout, but I would love to be wrong. They're just so loaded that Georgia forces you in so many second and third and long drives because they just like one of those five stars burst through and like sacked you and okay pick your ass up and like, let's line up for the next down. And now, okay, now get ready to punt. Um, and you lose enough of those drives. You just fall behind to where there's like, you, you reach a point of no return. That's what really terrifies me. It's an insane spread. Part of me thinks, gosh, under two touchdowns, lay those points all day at 12 and a half on the dogs. Like, you know, this, like you've been saying it for weeks. It's going to happen with the, the horned frogs, like it's the Cinderella analogy that I would butcher as well. Um, and then the other part of me says, like, these guys don't get blown out, man. These guys don't get blown out. They just have that fight in them that's not gonna let them relent. We're underrating their skill positions. Um, and, and maybe their coaching staff, which holy yeah. shit, we're not talking about Sonny Dykes nearly enough. Like this is one of the all-time great um, college football seasons we've seen in the last twenty years. I have no doubt about that. Um, so I'm I'm just torn like a pretzel. I, I'm staying away from I'm staying away from this spread. I need to see it unfold a little. You want to see TCU gain a little momentum early. That's where you start mm -hmm. to feel like okay. Okay, we might there might be likes to this. Um, but don't go all in. Don't like hammer TCU money line, you know, once you lose value, because that's not what's happening. That's where you gain value on Georgia because they'll they'll relent. They just should have too many athletes, too much depth, too much size for TCU in all four quarters. But we've we've been saying that about the horned frogs since mid-September, and we've been wrong every single time. So uh, two more takes. One, I don't know if uh, Kendra Miller is going to be healthy for this. He kind of rolled his ankle um, yep. in that game against Michigan. Big one. Uh, DeMarcado is a solid back, but Kendra Miller's had a fantastic year. He almost yes. hit uh, 1,400 yards. He's got 17 touchdowns, so that's a big factor. And then you talk about hot coordinators, Dre. I mean, Garrett Riley, man, he was up high on, on my list for the buffs, too, for this reason. Yeah. He's been doing amazing stuff this year yep. and just – 
those like shallow cross, like whole field screens that he's running that they pop two big touchdowns on. I mean, it, it you saw it only takes one missed tackle and they're out the gate. So um, it's about getting ahead early. Like you said, um, the Michigan game played out perfectly into their hands with them doing that stupid Philly special, um, just stealing that possession early. And then the two pick sixes, of course, it's going to take something like that, I think, to get this covered. I have tremendous respect for both OCs in this game. And honestly, if Harbaugh would leave Michigan, you could do a lot worse than Garrett Riley or Todd Munkin as your replacement. Only 10 teams have gone back-to-back since World War II. Georgia trying to become the first since Bama in 2011, 2012. It's hard to do. It's really hard to do. This TCU team is, is special, man. Like, I... Nothing would be cooler, I think, if you're just watching this as an objective college football fan. They were 2,000 to 1 to even make the national championship. If they can somehow win against this defense, it's sports movie type stuff. Mm-hmm. Especially like with the way they played in that Big 12 championship and the emotion. And I don't know. Like Dre said, every time that I count them out, whether it was Texas or Michigan or any game where I was like, I don't know, the difference is going to come through here. They always find a way. Yeah. So I am really hesitant to fade that. It's just my confidence in Georgia is so high, particularly when they have over a week to scheme for somebody. It's hard to go against them. No Nolan Smith, though. And that's been a big factor these last couple of games. The pass rush has been not as effective. Yeah, and what Ohio State was really good at was, um, you know, like pr- making it so that Strout had a clean pocket to get outside. Um, so like protecting those edges and Duggan's going to do the same thing. You let Duggan get out outside the pocket. He's going to make stuff happen as well, especially if your depth at the second level maybe isn't tippy top. It's a huge test for that secondary. It's a huge test for that secondary. Um, TCU just plus 350 money line dog. It feels like plus 2000. <laughs> like, um, because I tell you, man, the Horn Frogs actually do this. It, it flips this sport on its head that this former Mountain West squad um, joining the Big 12 and in a year where the Big 12's falling apart. I mean, just think of what the conversations were around the conference six months ago as Lincoln Riley's dipping out and Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. Um, and like Gar- Patterson leaves after eons, like he built TCU. He leaves in the first year. Sonny Dykes is able to do this. It's, it's mind bending, man. This kind of shit I didn't think was supposed to happen like this in this sport. And it really would break a lot of conventional thinking if they could go all the way. I think I, I saw an- this was, Sorry, on Reddit, um, I read this comment that, damn, it drove the point home just how crazy the season is for TCU. They said, um, TCU fired the guy that built their program and then went to the national championship. It's insane. It's like losing Peyton Manning to the NFL draft and winning the Natty, which is what happened at Tennessee. Yeah. You know, it's stuff that you, you kind of don't expect. They've gone like 23 and 24 over the four years leading up to it, though. I mean, it was it was time for a change. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think that this stuff happens very frequently, but it it at least gives hope to a lot of college football fans out there. I mean, I've talked about on the Rams pod, 
why this TCU team should make you excited because CSU is trying to build their program on the same principles. We're going to run this air raid. We're going to get as many plus athletes as we can. We'll figure out a role for him. I don't care that he never played linebacker. We're going to take this, you know, all conference wide receiver from California or Texas. We're going to put him at linebacker and we're going to let him run crazy like this. It's intriguing. It's really intriguing that you can potentially punch up in a major way if you get the right guys, you get the right fit, and you find the right athletes. So I'm, I'm really excited. It's, I'll be pulling for TCU in a major way in this one. Um, but I, I do think Georgia covers, unfortunately. It's the TCU is the power of the portal too right now. I mean, nope. you get these guys nope. like Dylan Horton who are playing at New Mexico. Um, yeah, he's been at TCU for a few years, but, but it's just it's how you work the portal, how you find those gems who are playing at other schools who are trying to, you know, take another up in class and just hang on those guys. Yeah, and Duggan hanging around was huge. Yeah. As well. And I mean, there's so many not horror stories, but like stories of conference realignment not working out. Nebraska AM, like Mizzou. Mm-hmm hasn't necessarily worked out for CU. Um, and we always talk about Utah as kind of that shining example of where it has worked. TCU is that other one, man. And it's it's punching up. It's going from the G5 to the Power 5 and it working out for the best. It's crazy. So um, I'm very excited. Monday's going to be an all-timer. Jake's already sad that we won't have football anymore. We all share that. But it's our time to shine. Broncos season will mercifully be over and we'll be able draft to season. get into draft season in full. It's it's our time, baby. So get ready. It's our time. Before we go, what are your predictions? I, I said I think Georgia covers gotta go on record, both of you. Oh, I'm taking the never say die horn frogs against the spread. <laughs> oh, um same, same. Georgia actually, I think, might be down in the... I, I might take a TCU first half uh, spread, too. And then I think the the dogs lay it on them and um, win by over a touchdown, but not two tuts. Boa constrictor. Boa constrictor, baby. Minus seven, Georgia. Boy, they, they set some good lines. Uh, I will take TCU plus seven first half, though. I like that. All right, you heard it. Thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you to our presenting sponsors, DraftKings Sportsbook. Use that promo code DNVR when you sign up. We'll be back next week breaking down that national championship. And as Dre alluded to, really getting in full draft mode. This is our time of year. Keep up with the Rams content. Keep up with the Buffs content. Keep up with the Broncos content and everything in between. For Dre, for Jake, I'm Justin. Much love, y'all. Peace. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves We are just some drops of water, together make up seven seas And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want to be